0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. dot com slash forever 35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns quincecom dot slash forever 35 hello and welcome to forever 35 a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves i'm kate spencer
0: i'm dori Freer.
1: And we are not experts.
0: No, we're not. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And before we get into it, we would love to remind you to visit our website, which is Forever 35 Podcast, for links to anything we mention on the show, good or bad, it's all on there. And you can follow us on Twitter at Forever 35 Pod and Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast. And of course, you can join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password to get in is serums.
0: And you can sign up for the newsletter, the hot off the presses newsletter at forever 35 com slash newsletter.
1: And if you would like to talk to us, you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message at 781 Or you can email us or send us a voice memo or a photograph at forever35podcast at gmail.com.
0: And, you know, we do always appreciate a rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts. So please do that. If you are so inclined, tell a friend, mention us on social media, just let people know about your love for Forever 35. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, thank you, Kate. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome.
1: Yeah, welcome. So, How's it going? Okay, can I tell you that I have... I had such a positive Sephora sale outcome that I went back and repurchased my purchase.
0: Wow.
1: I got my box like two days ago that I, from, of the stuff that I ordered from the Sephora sale. It came very quickly. And I had ordered the Charlotte Tilbury Hollywood Flawless Filter in a mini size because I was like, I'll just try this out.
0: Was it was was this something you had kind of had your eye on for a while? No. Oh, okay. This was random.
1: The, well, this was something that June Diane Raphael mentioned as a must have when she was a guest on our show.
0: Okay. And so I, I
1: added it to this. Yeah, I added it to the cart. And I was like, well, just try this out. Who knows what it is. And I remember yeah. she had described it as like a magical product. And so anytime anyone is like that effusive, mm,
0: my mm. curiosity
1: is always peaked.
0: As it should be. Right.
1: So I put this stuff on as kind of like a primer, but it okay. was it, it was different than any other primer I've used because my face was almost shimmery. Like it it made me glow. Mm. And then it looked, I put on my Jane Airedale Dream Tint, which is kind of my like go-to every day. Like if I'm doing a, a Zoom or something and want to have a little makeup on, I put that on. It's very light. I put that on over it and I literally felt like i was glowing. It was really nice. Wow.
0: And you put
1: it all over your face or at least i did. I thought it was kind of like a concealer, but it's actually i think a whole face primer thing. So i went back and i was like, i need the full jug. Like i can't have the mini here. You know, who needs a a tiny little bottle when i'm going to be smearing this all over. So i'm i'm very into it.
0: Do you have it on now? I do. Because you are, your skin looks very smooth oh, and you are well, glowing. You.
1: Do I look flawless? Yes, you do. Actually. Like a Hollywood, a Hollywood flawless? Yes, or like, just a like a Hollywood regular flawless. flawless.
0: No, no, Hollywood.
1: I, I have to say, like, I'm sold on this one. I thought this was a really nice underneath your makeup product. It also seemed like something that you could even just put on your skin without anything over it. Mmm. So then, so then I went back to the sale because I didn't want, I wanted to still get a discount on this product. So then I went back today and bought it, bought more.
0: Okay.
1: So that, that's, that was, that felt, this feels like a big endorse for me. I really like it. I've also been using the Gucci Westman, um, or excuse me, Westman Atelier cheek tint that I got. And I really like that as well. So this was kind of a fun, um, like toe dip into new products.
0: I love this for you.
1: I'm just making sure I have the right uh, name of the product. It is, oh yeah, it has a kind of a terrible name, but I like it. It's Westman Atelier Baby Cheeks Blush Stick.
0: Baby Cheeks, okay. I
1: don't love, you know, I think you brought this up recently when we were talking about the boob masks that a listener asked about and the kind of infantilization of, makeup and product names yeah kind of bothers me yeah that being said i do like my baby cheeks so what are you gonna do
0: i mean i'm telling you your skin does look radiant i feel pretty good right now yeah and, and i did should. a full
1: face i did a full face before we wow. uh signed on here well because we have to record a video after this so i, know, I but
0: i didn't rec- i didn't put on a full face well th- this is a
1: full face for me like i put on some blush mascara eyebrow pencil
0: but you also have the hollywood filter on let's not forget I that n-
1: no i need that filter
0: yep you need the filter in order
1: to be flawless which is my ultimate goal in life so here i am uh and the other thing i did want to kind of share i have a new hobby slash and listening slash a new quarantine activity that maybe I've gone overboard with. And that is that I bought a fountain. And the fountain is kind of like a miniature pond.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And like, I actually believe the name is like Aqua Garden, something like that. So it's a pond kit. Okay. Now, when I say pond, obviously, one would envision an actual pond. This is more like a a trough that an animal would drink out of in size. It's about 24 inches around. Can I ask what inspired this? Okay. Well, I've talked on our podcast about how I want to kind of add more magic to my outdoor spaces. So I've like hung solar lights from a tree that are really Mm -hmm. beautiful. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of trying to do things that are, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I don't know, kind of Thuy? I don't know, just that make okay. me feel excited about the outdoor space. I've always wanted a fountain. I love the sound of running water. And when I was Googling fountains, I came across this one. And the reason I got it is because it says you can have fish in it. And Dory, anytime uh-huh. I can acquire a pet, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh. spent the day building This pond, which again is a 24 inch circumference base, circumference basin. All right. Like it's not a pond and it has a little shelf up top where the, um, you can plant, uh, water plants or plants that grow in water. So I planted paphos, uh, up at the top part, like the top ledge. And then there's the fountain, like a little waterfall that goes down into the basin. And in the basin, I have placed three goldfish. Oh. Three goldfish. And it lives in my little walkway up into my house. And I'm very into it. I go out and check on the fish all the time. Oh, yeah. They're like my new friends. Again, when I told, when my kids uh, came home after I told them I was going to build my pond, they were very disappointed because I think they thought I was building like an actual large koi pond. Oh. I don't think they understood that I was building a. A tiny bucket. But anyway, that's where I'm at with my fountain. And this morning, you know, I sat by the window at 6 a.m. and had my coffee and listened to the trickling sounds of my fountain.
0: Oh, that's
1: lovely. Thank you. So look, it was a bit of a splurge item, but if anyone wants, the link is there to be shared. I believe it's cheaper on Amazon. I got it on Wayfair. And go to your local fish store and purchase the cheapest. (sighs) fish they have that's what i did i was told they were the sturdiest they were 50 cents a fish and when i checked out the person at the register was like are these feeder fish and i was like no these are my new pet my new pets
0: (laughs) these are fish fish
1: these are my friends also i tried to name them myself and then my kids got mad and they insisted on naming them
0: oh wow so what are their names
1: okay well their names are daffodil that's the oldest kid that's cute okay
0: into Harriet. It?
1: Harriet oh, is the second, okay. I think, named after Harry Styles. Oh. And then the third one is named Frankie. Frankie. Okay. Because that's um, like when I make up a name, like when I tease my kids and make up a printhead head name for another kid, I always call it Frankie. So that's the name of the fish.
0: Oh, so there that's you go. really cute.
1: So that's what I've been up to, adding a bit of whimsy to my yard space.
0: And I will say it does spark joy. I'm really happy to hear about this. I can't wait for you to come over and see it. I can't
1: wait either. Well, listen, we're on the road to full vaccination over here. So we once are. we're done, we we will plan a, uh, a date for you to see my fish. I can't wait. If they live that long. Oh, they'll live that long. Talking about things that spark joy. Well, I've been over here planting rocks into a bucket I've been tickling the ivories.
0: You've been tap, tap, tapping away on your piano. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So I mentioned that I had started taking piano lessons again and that I was enjoying it. But I have to say, I'm really enjoying the ritual of piano practice. I'm finding it very calming. I'm finding it very Mm. satisfying. I'm just enjoying it. And I like look forward to it. Now, you took piano as a kid. I did. Is that right? Did you like practicing when you were a kid? I remember not liking practicing. It really felt like an obligation. But, you know, I also... i It's hard to say whether that is accurate or whether that is how I am kind of looking back on it because, like, Mm. I did play for five or six years and I played in like recitals and and so I must have gotten something out of it like I don't think it was a drag do you know mm, what I mean yeah they weren't forcing it upon no you. no and 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 as soon as I said that I didn't want to do it anymore they were like okay so I might be kind of like revising history a bit but I don't remember f- I don't remember like being excited to practice. Like, I don't remember being like, this is a ritual that will bring me calm, said 12-year-old Dory. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? This is my (laughs) self-care. Yeah. So that, yeah, so that is definitely very different. and just feels different to like be doing as a grown-up.
1: You know it's also interesting, too, because there's so much weight put on like kids learning things at a young age that they'll do forever and not like learning stuff as adults when we really take
0: pleasure in
1: it more.
0: I yes, think. although I will say that I do think there is something to this idea of learning something as a kid and then being able to go back to it mm, not just being a novice as an adult right and like People pick up piano and a mil- People pick things up as adults. Of course. I mean, I picked up mahjong as an adult. Look. Ten- oh, you picked, you started tennis as a kid, but I mahjong did, is your yes. adult activity. Yes. Um, and you're quite good at it. We should. Oh, say. well, I'm getting rusty. And there's a new card, which is like a whole thing. Anyway, but I will say, like with piano, you know, it's not like I am as good as I was when I stopped. But like, I still, I can like read music, I can play scales, like I can, I kind of have all the basics down, which is, which is nice Yeah, to be able to kind of draw on that. So I, I kind of, I kind of like, I both agree and disagree with you on that statement. (laughs) You know, as is often the case. So, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of mention that. I mean, you know what else I've been thinking about is like, There have been very few crafts that I have found calming. Mm. And I feel like that's always something that I've wanted to like be better at. I briefly got... Do you remember in the beginning of the pandemic, I got briefly into paint by numbers? Oh, I remember. You painted Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I did. And I did find that calming... But what's nice about the piano is you're not constantly making shit that you then have to put somewhere, (laughs) you know?
1: Unless you start building pianos, then that will be very – Yeah.
0: No, that's not going to happen. So, I don't know. I have been um,
1: continuing with beading necklaces, and I've really been enjoying that. I made another one, and I'm about to make my fourth. I love that. Yeah, and I think I'm going to purchase supplies. So Ooh, I'm very, it's a, slow, it's a slow going craft, but it's a, I don't normally, I'm not normally drawn to doing things with my hands either, but other than putting on, you know, lotion on my face. Right.
0: Oh, That's- one one last thing that I realized is like something that I enjoy about this piano playing is that it's just for me. Mm-hmm like I don't need to perform I don't need to play for anyone I don't need to have this be like my side hustle I don't need to like you know what I mean I don't need to put it on display or put it on Instagram or like yeah <laughs> anything like that it's just it's just really nice I can talk about it on the podcast but like I don't have to I don't have to share it with anyone. It's just mine. It's just mine.
1: And like, how rare is that to have in this day and age something that's yes. just yours, right? Like,
0: yeah. we're always displaying everything we do. Totally. So that's also just been like a nice, a nice thing. Mm, so I'm really happy for you. I won't pressure well, you to you. play me a ditty because it is just yours. Thanks, Kate. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <sighs> Um. All right. Well, on that note, let's take a little break. Oh,
1: boy, because we have a fun interview coming up. We, we talked do. to Mikaio Grico, who is a entrepreneur, skincare expert, founder of the amazing e-commerce site 13 Loon. We just had a wonderful conversation with her.
0: Yeah. Also, she has amazing skin.
1: Oh, she does. I mean, she has her own skincare line, so she knows what's up and she yeah. talks, she walks us through what she uses. So, yes, we get the deets.
0: Yep. 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 All right. Well, everyone, break. we'll be right back. Break time.
1: Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever thirty-five to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns. Quince.com slash forever thirty-five. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, Even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden our listeners will get an additional fifteen percent off an annual membership at masterclass dot com slash f thirty five. Get fifteen percent off right now at masterclass dot com slash f thirty five. That's masterclass dot com slash f thirty five.
0: Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is, and I feel like also with summer, just come more Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you the summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with honey love. Well,
1: we are very, very excited to welcome our guest today. Nakeo Grico is here. She is a beauty industry veteran who founded Nakeo Beauty, a collection of award-winning premium skincare products inspired by beauty secrets she discovered through her family, friends, and world travels. She is also the co-founder of 13 Loon, a new premier e-commerce destination designed to inspire the discovery of beauty brands created by Black, Indigenous, and people of color founders that resonate with people of all colors. And the platform reframes how Black and Brown beauty brands brands are perceived not only from an industry perspective, but also for the consumer, giving each brand a platform to educate and engage a wider audience. And I'm so thrilled that we get to have you on. Um, I've been following 13 Loon for a while, so it was like kind of kismet that that you became a guest on our show. So welcome to Forever
2: 35. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and I love your podcast and can't wait to get into it. Well, we love to start
1: by asking our guests about a self-care routine that resonates with them or that is currently resonating with them. And it can truly be anything big or small. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you are very well versed in the world of of self-care as a skincare Mm -hmm. professional, Um, but we would love to hear something that you do that kind of provides you uh, care in your daily life.
2: Oh wow. So, you know, self care is really self love and it's just the ability to, to give ourselves the love and nourishment that we need to get through our days. And so, you know, naturally I would go to a skincare routine because that's something that I'm passionate about and I love and it really does bring me joy um being able to to give myself um the health benefits of, of taking good care of my skin. But I think one thing I'd love to share is one that's maybe not quite as obvious, which is I participate in something called circling, um, which mm-hmm. is, um, it's an, it's borrowed from the Native American custom of like joining in council. Um, and I've done this with the same group of women since my 20s, and I'm now in my 40s. Basically, we gather every single month now virtually, it's for the past year, but Um, sometimes on a new moon, sometimes on a full moon. And we gather together and we cover things, um, you know, with, you know, what do you want to let go of? We do monthly check-ins. What do you want to manifest? And we become, we use a talking stick. So it's really about active listening because as women, especially, we like to like forecast thoughts and interrupt each other's Thoughts and and so this forces us to just really be active listeners so that you speak from your authentic voice and and it's just a time that you can kind of leave your ego at the door and and just share from your most authentic place and and so it's really become a practice.
1: You turned forty eight, I saw on Instagram. So happy yes. birthday! Most thank importantly, you.
2: thank you. Um
1: And Dory and I are in our in our forties also in the the first half of it and. It's such an interesting decade to kind of move into. I I would love to know, like, what have you learned about life through your 40s? And do you have advice for younger people, um, Mm
2: -hmm. not about aging, but maybe more about growing? Right. It's like a constant evolving, right? So, you know... I love to reflect on all the decades, especially now that I'm on the back half of my 40s and and moving into a new one in a couple of years. Um, I, you know, I think our 20s, and this is my advice, I have a 15 year old daughter um, and a 10 year old son, but you know, uh, if I could tell my younger self anything, it would be to like, go way easier on myself. And, Mm -hmm. and to really be in a place of discovery more in my 20s, as opposed to thinking I had to be so sure about what I wanted to be when I grew up and, and, you know, putting all this pressure on myself to, to be this kind of perfectionist that had it all figured out because your 20s really are about, you know, for, especially for those of us, like I wasn't married, I didn't have kids in my 20s, you know, it's a time in your life that you get to be the most selfish, right? Because Mm. you really just focus on your own experiences your own growth, your own opportunities and it's it's really a chance to try everything right so so that's what I feel my 20s were about. It's a time in our lives that we get to be a lot of us the most selfish because we only really have ourselves to worry about so it's a, really a time to like try it all and and be adventurous and be okay with not knowing um, And then in my 30s, I I got married, I became a mother for the first time, um, and had started my business at 27, the KO Beauty. Um, And so my 30s were really about like, okay, now's the time to take all of those lessons from my 20s and, and try to apply them. But there's still just a lot of figuring out to do. And I think in my 40s, that's when I became okay with not having all the answers. That's when I became okay with the true ebbs and flows of not taking any days for granted, right? So I lost my dad at the age of 40. That was a big shift in my life. Um, I went through another transition. I call them falling down moments instead of failure moments with Nakea where I was having to change partners and get new investors. and And it was another chance to fall off the bike and get back on. And mm. I, you know was experiencing what we were all experiencing, right? You know, real shifts in culture and, you know, in a weird way, um, especially in, in 2020 I came more into my skin and into my heritage and into my culture than I ever imagined. And, and I saw as we all did things that were heartbreaking, um, and, and experienced that, feeling of like wow where i thought we were as a society especially when it comes to systemic racism like you know i had such uh an you know an enormous amount of respect for all of those that came before us that i thought did all the hard work right and thank god for martin luther king and rosa parks and all of these pioneers because you know they made sure that we would never have to live that way again and while they did make it so that we can live the way that we do now. Um, it was, it was a hard time to be a black person and, and be aware of things that I wasn't aware of in my twenties and thirties. And, Mm. and so I think now that I'm 48 and a day old, I feel really relieved to have the visibility to my life's purpose And and that really is being optimistic and hopeful for the future and and doing what I can through the lens of beauty and the career choices that I've made to help unify because beauty is universal. And it's a it's a responsibility and an opportunity within the industry to be huge catalysts for change. And and so now I know what I want to be when I grow up and, and I'm thrilled about it.
0: Do you have advice specifically for Black women entrepreneurs in the beauty space?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have the same advice for Black female entrepreneurs, uh, people of color entrepreneurs, and, and people who are our true allies in the beauty space, which is always stay authentic to your true story. Um, people buy into people before they buy into products. And so live your truth you know i think one thing that i i witnessed in 2020 was how many you know black owned and founded brands weren't the founders weren't out loud about who they were because they were afraid of of people not wanting to buy their products because there was this assumption that you know black people only make products for black people or brown people only make products for brown people and and we as black people have been buying products made by people who are not black or brown our whole lives with the expectation right. that it works on our skin and it works on our hair and that those wellness supplements are supposed to work for the inside of our bodies too. And, and we do the same thing. And while with Nakeo Beauty, my skincare, of course, I formulate so that it works on my melanin rich skin. But I'm telling global beauty secrets and celebrating ingredients from around the world curated by people who don't look like me. So of course, everybody can use my products. And, and so many of us do the same thing. And, you know, that's really how 13 Loon was born was really kind of flipping the script on, you know, there's so many great initiatives happening right now with the 15 percent pledge and pull up for change and a lot of great work being done. But like we implemented our own pledge, which is we're a ninety ten rule. At 13 Loon, where 90% of our products will always be products created by BIPOC founders who create products for people of all colors, and 10% of our brands will be dedicated to allyship, and so people who are not black or brown, but who have long been considering all in their formulations, long before the black box, long before 2020, Mm -hmm. and that now, um, after this latest pinnacle moment of Black Lives Matter, are even more dedicated to increasing diversity within the ecosystems of their business, and that you know, we're really here to show that a model like this works, and that you can build successful beauty. And you don't just to have to have fifteen percent of us on your shelves; you could have ninety, and and we serve everyone.
1: I love that. And and what has been the experience of launching Thirteen Loon and and the reception, not just from consumers, but from the the brands that you're working with?
2: Mm, it's been so. Incredible, um, you know, um, pretty much across the board, the feedback that we get from all of our founders. You know, we started with thirteen black-owned brands, and now we're up to forty-five BIPOC-owned brands. Uh, about three and a half months in, and it's it's pretty much the same feedback from all the founders. It's that you know, finally, I feel seen. Mm. Um, this isn't just about clicking a diversity box anymore, and me filling that role. This is about having a stage to actually tell my story in an authentic way and and speak out loud that I'm here to serve all. Um, and I mean, that's how I felt in creating it, you know, because I was a black founder, who had just launched my products at Target right before COVID online. And, and now Nakao Beauty is in Target stores as of January. And when after the death of George Floyd, I found myself and so many other brands showing up on these like top 20 black owned, black founded brands to shop. And, and while it was so lovely to receive the attention and the support and to see our sales increase so dramatically, it was really built on the precipice of this heartbreaking time. And I'm in bed crying, grieving like most people were that had witnessed this horrific crime. It was hard to get excited about. Your sales mm-hmm. going up, right? But I was able to make a choice to to take that pain and turn it into purpose, which is what I was speaking about before, which is grab the paper and start shopping these lists. You know, that's that's how how can I actively participate? How can I help to build generational wealth so that we don't have to, our kids and our kids' kids don't have to deal with systemic racism at this level. And and when I was shopping the list, I was like, A, couldn't believe how many Black-owned brands I'd never heard of. And I've been a beauty founder in this space for almost 20 years. Two, I couldn't believe how long it took me to shop these lists because it was, you know, maybe a few of us at this retailer and maybe a few of us at this retailer. But the majority of these lists of these insanely beautiful, incredible brands were only direct to consumer and had barely any visibility or presence. And I thought, well, that's so silly. Like, why is not one of these stores carrying all of these brands just from this one list? That would be way more than 15%, right? Um, And and so, you know, when my co-founder and I, who both preach inclusivity and diversity long before 2020 came together to create it, the reception was really and has been and continues to be like, Wait, why has this not existed in this way before? There have been a lot of beautiful platforms that are you know black owned targeting only black brown owned targeting only brown but but we were really bold, and yeah, we are uh ninety ten you know to here to serve all and and i it's been really exciting, and I look forward to to proving that this is a great business model so that maybe we will be catalysts to build this generational wealth through the lens of beauty and, and really help to be a company that really moves the needle to alleviate systemic racism.
0: I love that. Beauty um,
1: is so, so not It's so much more than skin. It's skin deep, right? Like it really mm-hmm, yeah. has the power to make systemic change. And I think that's really moving to be reminded of. I, that's um uh, mm, thanks that's, yeah that's really, that's really cool.
0: powerful um i wanted to mm, ask yeah. if you could highlight some of the brands that you carry on 13 loon and tell us a little bit about what you like absolutely. about them
2: yeah maybe some that you think right. you know are yeah. under the radar absolutely we, um, we have i know i'm like i'm i'm our number one customer. I'm literally oh, just uh, shop for fun all the time. I mean it's the greatest I'm like for you know a beauty uh crazed woman, I found definitely <laughs> the perfect uh transition from just being a beauty founder into being a beauty retailer. It feeds the uh it feeds oh, what the a need. dream yeah, so we have so many incredible brands and more importantly created by the most powerful, impactful, beautiful founders. And, you know, there's, what I love about the site is that we're also not only just addressing incredible efficacious products, but we're addressing needs that really, you know, there's still not enough work being done to speak about wellness and non-toxic beauty in black and brown communities. So that is definitely, um, you know, as we vet brands, and there's so many beautiful brands, but you know, they all have to be brands that are non toxic. And they have to be brands that can serve more than just their own. So Mm. we have brands like and and we have a range of products from a price perspective, because we really want to meet our consumer where they're at. And, And it's been great, because we've been able to see that, even in the metrics that we've gained so far that we've got the 25 year old customer, and we have the 65 year old customer and most um, of that curve really occurs between like 30 and 55. So it's that's been really exciting. Um, people of all different races. Um, but from a brand perspective, right now, what I'm really truly loving and using all the time is, um, we have a brand called Hyperskin that makes this incredible $30 brightening and clearing serum. And it's a, it's a really stable vitamin C serum at the $30 level. But we also just launched BeautyStat um by Ron Robinson, who is a chemist um at early days, Estee Lauder at Clinique. He has patented technology on his vitamin C serum. So slightly more expensive, but once again, super stable and has many benefits that deal with hyperpigmentation and you know, ways that, you know, by using these these serums really help to your sunscreen to work better. We're doing a lot of conversation around black and brown people needing to get on board with wearing sunscreen every day, not only for the actual sun, but for the blue light that we're all experiencing and such heavy levels right now, uh, working from home. Um, my One of my favorite hair care brands on the site is a brand called Charlotte Mensa, and she's from the UK. Um, and we are, I think, the only retailer that carries, she's huge in the UK, but we're the only retailer that carries all of her SKUs um, here in the US. And Incredible hair care. She's an amazing, amazing founder. Um, Bomba Curls, which is an Afro Latina founder named Lulu. Uh, my daughter's name is Lulu, so I'm very partial to this Aww. Lulu. Aww. Um, and she's got this forbidden hair oil that's incredible. We have Joanna Vargas, which uh, more people have probably heard of her esthetician, um, and her products, her serums are bananas. They're so good. Mm. Her daily serum um, is one of my favorites. And then we've got these gorgeous like handcrafted Afro picks that have Mm. these beautiful like kind of African batiks. And you know, with this whole like 80s, 90s retro phase that we're all going through, they're really like art pieces that are $18. And they look like they should be hundreds of dollars. They're so gorgeous. And the established for body. I mean, there's so many I could literally... We have 45 brands now, and I'm pretty sure that I've bought something from each brand. We launched this amazing um, wellness brand by Dr. Nigma Tlaib, who is my naturopath doctor. And she's really about beauty and wellness, starts in the gut. And I've been taking her supplements now for a year, and it's really like changed my skin, my sleep, my glow, all of it. It's, they're such. Well-crafted, clean, beautiful supplements, and so I really love that we've moved into wellness and beauty from the inside out. We have more. We have Gold, uh, another brand that we just launched um, by a woman named Trinity Muzan and her boyfriend, husband, um, founded this brand, and she's all about you know wellness from the inside out as well. So you know we're really we're trying to cover the gamut of meeting non-toxic wellness, price point, and allowing the consumer, no matter what they look like, to feel seen. Um, We launched our first ally brand yesterday, which is Goop. Um, Goop. um, Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow is one of our investors, but long before um, 13 Loon, when I was you know, coming out of being an indie brand and and with Nikeo Beauty and moving into partnerships with bigger companies, but still being, you know, a small fish in a really big pond. uh, Goop was hands down one of the most supportive allies to me as a black female founder for the last, gosh, seven, eight years. And have done everything in their power to make sure that people know my story, which means knowing my grandparents' story who inspired Nikeo Beauty and, and right. have supported me not only as a black female founder, but just as a founder. And, um, and so it's a really cool full circle moment to, to be able to work with a brand that has forever been an ally to me. And, um, so I'm excited that they've joined the family and they really, you know goop um obviously from a wellness perspective um an efficacy perspective is an ally brand that's long considered people that look like me in their formulations and that that's really really important so so they joined the party yesterday and um and yeah more to come you're busy <laughs> that's a so lot busy. <laughs> so busy but i Can- love it I, I mean that's the beauty of yeah Make sure you find a job that you really like. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we
1: have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right, we are back. Can you, can you talk about um, starting your own skincare line and how it was inspired by Mm -hmm. your grandparents. I just, I think the story is so interesting and and the way you've taken what you learned from your family and turned it into this business is incredible.
2: Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I started Nikeo Beauty when I was 27 years old. I um, am first generation American of Kenyan descent. I was born in New York, but raised in Oklahoma and then moved out to LA in my early 20s after I graduated from college. And when I moved out here, I immediately got the Hollywood bug and and wanted to start working in entertainment. And so I started out as an assistant at a big talent agency and then kind of just spent the next seven, eight years working my way through the business, trying to find exactly what part of the business I really loved. And it was really the representation side. And so... I worked at a big uh, talent management company on the representation side, mostly with actresses. And that's where I really, I love, I love working with women. I'm such a girl's girl. And, and, you know, while I liked reading scripts in the movies and TV, what I really loved was the fashion and beauty aspect. And so... I had a lot of products come across my desk all the time, because we had, you know, these big actresses, and everybody was always sending them product or wanting to do this is really early 2000s, when beauty deals were starting to happen. And, and all of a sudden, actresses were now the models and in, in beauty campaigns. And so I always wanted to work or be part of those negotiations and deals. And I always found that there was, you know, so many other cultures represented in these beauty brands, but the continent of Africa was really underrepresented. And I went to Kenya for the first time when I was eight years old. And so that was the first time I got to meet my grandparents. And my grandmother, Nakeo, was a coffee farmer. And my grandfather, on my mom's side, he passed away before I ever got the chance to meet him, but he was a medicine man. And so my grandmother taught me my first beauty secret, which was we would take coffee beans from her farm and crush them at the end of the day. And she would add oils and all sorts of things and and then she grew sugarcane and sugarcane, as you know, comes in big rods, and we would take the rods of sugarcane and we would take our little coffee formula and we would use it to exfoliate our skin it would like my skin would feel so soft and be so glowy and as an eight year old that really stuck with me and then growing up here in the states, my mom would always practice what her father taught her on on my brother and myself, which was you know using oils that come from nature, you know, my grandfather as a medicine man had the ability to go out in nature and extract oils and use them to treat the skin. And even when I was going through, you know, my hormonal teenage skin years, my mom would tell me all the time, like your grandfather knew like what plant to go out and extract. And she'd say, you know, kids in the village got pimples too. And she would say that he would go out and he would know exactly what to do. And he would mix it with honey and put it on a leaf and like set it on her face. Mm. And in the morning, her pimple would be gone. And while we didn't grow those plants in Oklahoma, you know, it was always her way of, you know, when I wanted to run out and buy whatever I saw the commercial for that, you know, would help to reduce a pimple. My mom we would go to the drugstore and she'd look and read the back and she'd say, well, I don't, I don't think you need all of that. Like, let's just use oil to fight oil. And, and she would use natural oils and, and put them on my skin. And sure enough, it would help because often irritation and pimples are about your skin producing too much oil. And then that's what causes the blemish or irritation. And that by feeding oil back into your skin, it can help your skin to relax. And so I had all of these these facts and these things and you know, just the way that I grew up. And it was all really steeped in nature and things that come from nature are the best way to treat your skin. And, and so while I get credited for starting this African clean beauty brand in 2000, I didn't know what clean beauty was. I just knew that I created products where I really leaned into nature first. And I wanted to honor the sophistication of Africa, because I didn't mm. feel like there was enough of that in the industry. And, and I wanted to make my grandmother's coffee scrub. So that, that's why, I, how I started and at 27 being in very idealistic, you know, as I said, you should do these things in your 20s. Um, I thought, well, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And if it doesn't work, I can always come back to working in the industry. And, and so I did. And I launched at a store called Fred Siegel, um, Ron Robinson store at Fred Siegel which was a very iconic store at a great time for indie beauty. Cause this was the time of like Stila and hard candy and all of the yeah. indie brands really coming to the forefront. So it was a great time, but you know, I was a black female founder. I was not independently wealthy. I learned very quickly how hard it is to raise money as a first time 27 year old entrepreneur that wants to make coffee scrub from Kenya. Um, but I didn't let it deter me. I, I, was lucky that I went to, to school for business in college. And so I had old business plans and boxes that I'd like got out and learned how to write a business plan. And, and I learned very quickly that private equity and VCs were not going to give me money and I didn't have time to waste by knocking on too many doors. So I decided to go the angel route, um, and ask friends and families for introductions to people who wanted to write a check to a dreamer. And I was able to raise a little bit of capital enough to make the products. But then I knew that I was going to have to be the shipping and receiving and customer service and the founder and sales. And I did all of that out of my apartment. And my roommates would help me pack my boxes at the end of the day. And when I launched at Fred Siegel, I was able to get a New York retailer. So I launched at Jeffrey New York. And then I, for the first couple of years on my own, really filled in the rest of the country to about 180 boutiques that I would cold call or save my money for a plane ticket to fly and and take buyer meetings and and I grew the business until it kind of grew too big for me to do on my own and then you know went through a series of different partnerships some great some not so great but you know they landed me to where I am with that brand today which is in 2017 it was acquired as part of the Sundial portfolio to Unilever and mm. 18, 19 years later, I finally launched at my dream retailer, Target. And I I tell you all of that, mostly because it's also given me real visibility into it shouldn't have taken me 18 years to launch into my dream retailer. And, yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of work to do to continue to support founders of color, um, people from marginalized communities in order to get to their dreams quicker. And so, you know, that's also a catalyst for 13 Loon. I want to get these founders to success much quicker than I did.
1: Yeah, I read, um, you had a quote about that in, uh, an interview that I was reading. And I think you said, I know from my own experience that it shouldn't take two decades to get to success when you have a proven concept. Um, yeah. and I think that's, you know, it was, it's, st- just stuck out to me and was a really good mm-hmm. reminder to me that when we talk about these systems of inequity and inequality based on race, like it's permeated into everything. Absolutely. Uh, right, right down to the beauty aisle at your drugstore. And, and that was just, um, I think that's a really important reminder. Um, mm, thank you. Especially as, you know, an ally or an aspiring ally and Absolutely. a white consumer.
2: Right. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, you know, booty, it's fun. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's about discovery. And, you know, somebody asked me yesterday, you know, why 13 loon? Like, why, you know, you launched Goop, you know, why would I buy Goop at 13 loon as opposed to buying Goop at all the other incredible retailers, including their own? And, and I said, you should buy Goop everywhere. But what one thing that I love about Thirteen Loon is that we're giving the we're giving people the opportunity to make their beauty shopping more meaningful. So, yeah. so you speak about, you know, being an ally. It's a lot of people, most people, want to do the right thing. They want to be catalysts for change. Sometimes you just got to make it easier for people to do the right thing because it can be really overwhelming. I mean, I know it is for me, and I'm a black woman, like it's so overwhelming. I want to, I want to fix it. I want to change it. I want to, I don't want this to be a story that I hear my children tell their children one day. Right. And, and it, and it can get really, really hard and then you feel stuck. And so we want to make it easy for people to help. We want to make it easy and fun for people to get to enjoy the fruits of, of the labor of these founders. and, and we don't want them to have to work that hard to be seen. And yeah. and so it really is this ecosystem and you know the train has left the station like we're not going to go back to a time when we all get to be asleep and stay in our own corners. We have to we have to step into using our power and our dollars to change what's not working. And you know we're not trying to break down an old paradigm. I don't have time for that. I'm really busy, and it's not my job. What I wanna do is create a new paradigm and a new conversation, and maybe one day we won't even have to talk about ninety percent are bipoc yeah. because that's just what business is it's It's truly inclusive and um you know I hope i I'm I'm around to see that conversation.
1: Yeah. I hope it's sooner rather than later for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well,
2: Dory, could, go ahead. Sorry. Oh
0: no, I was just going to say, I, we'd love to hear about your personal skincare routine and what you're using mm-hmm. right now.
2: Yeah. So I, I, as much as I talk about preaching inclusivity and diversity, I preach oil, um, <laughs> good oils, right? Um, oils that, uh, that come from nature that are, you know, not no two oils are the same. So, um, I keep it pretty simple. I mean, I love to play with a lot of products. Sometimes I play too much and, you know, cause myself yeah. some irritation. But um <laughs> but you know, within the Nikeo Beauty line, um I believe in double cleansing. Um, another, you know, borrowed from Asian culture, um, but it works and it gets your pores really clean and, and preps your skin for hydration. So I always start with Um, And in the Nikeo line, we have a sweet almond cleansing balm. Mm. And so even when I'm not wearing, I mean, it's great because it just melts your makeup off. It gets all the mascara off, all of that. If you're wearing makeup, I don't wear makeup every day, but I do use it to just kind of give my skin that hydration. Um, Sweet almond oil is packed with antioxidants. And so it really gives the skin the hydration that we need. You know, I'm obviously in my 40s and for some reason when we were young, we felt people of my generation um, thought that when you washed your face, when it was like stripped of all of its natural oils and was like Uh hard, Uh that it was clean. And then you learn real quick in your thirties, when you start to see your sweet little lines come in that like that doesn't work. Um, You should actually be hydrating at all times. So, so I always use a cleansing balm first and then I follow up. um, I, I have two different cleansers that I love after for my double cleanse. Sometimes I use a cleanser by Holy Frog which we sell at 13 Loon. They have some incredible cleansers. Um, I have super dry skin, so I always have to like be feeding hydration into my skin. I also use a cleansing serum by my esthetician, Shawnee Darden. Her cleansing serum is bananas. It's so good um, and really gentle and also helps with, you know, hydration, but my skin is clean. Like it's really, really clean a few times a week. Um, I'll exfoliate two to three times a week. I, in the Nakeo brand, right now it's sold out, um, but I still have a stash at home. I use my Kenyan coffee face polish. It will be back soon um, based on the recipe I learned from my grandmother. Um, I also use um, from Goop maybe once a week. I think it's like their Microderm. Um, it's like a physical exfoliant. It has a little bit of lactic acid in it, but gentle because I'm, I'm pretty sensitive. Um, and then I always follow up with a face oil. In the day I use my Maracuja and Yangu oil from Nikeo. I use, before I put the oil on, I'll put either the Hyper Skin Vitamin C Serum, then the green oil. And it's naturally colored green, so it helps to alleviate redness, helps to even your skin tone. Um, That Maracuja oil is our number one seller at Target, and it's on Goop as well. And then I follow up with a moisturizer SPF, and I'm done. I can do production. it in like six minutes <laughs> I
1: know it's amazing like when we list all the products that we use yeah. it so- always sounds like a lot but it's like you got the system yeah. down
2: right right and it's just you keep it simple and i and I'm sunscreen every single day um it's insane the the melanoma numbers that are happening in black and brown yeah. communities but but I think it's it's the same as like not being taught about clean deodorant like nobody's really like we'll we'll black and brown people's buying power and and numbers and beauty, like we are number one and number two. And it's just still so crazy to me that I know because I'm in the industry, and this is my passion. And I study all and I'm a lab rat. I love creating product. I love understanding, you know, the benefits and harmful ingredients. But there's still so many people that don't know that they should wear sunscreen every day in black and brown communities like what an opportunity. To sell a lot of sunscreen, just just see us and talk to us. Um, same with deodorants, you know. And yeah, so those are those are some other things I'm super passionate about, and so I'm excited to to introduce more of those products on on Thirteen Loon and and potentially be creating some of those products as well. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Nikaya, this has been amazing getting to talk to you. It's so... been so oh, interesting oh, thank and really you. fun. Uh, for too. our listeners who want to learn about you, want to learn both about the Nikeo brand and also 13 Loon, where, where are the best places to find you on the internet? Yeah,
2: yeah so um, for 13 Loon um, on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, all of, all of the above, it's just at 13 Loon and 13 spelled out. And then Lune, L-U-N-E, which is moon in French. Um, and then uh, for Nikao at, at Nikao Beauty, N-Y-A-K-I-O Beauty. Awesome.
0: Well,
1: thank you again. Well, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Wow.
0: That was, that was a, delightful conversation if I do say so myself
1: yeah and really inspiring too to think about the you know her journey in terms of creating this line and just now it reaching the shelves of target like it really is totally yes it really is amazing and I'm dying to get my hands on some of her prods so it over to target.com and you know what to do um Kate Yes. How's
0: everything going for you in the
1: intention zone? Okay, I rocked it out. I rocked it. Okay, now, granted, do we still have a suitcase that hasn't been put away and it's been sitting on our bedroom for over a month? Yes.
0: Okay. Yes, okay. we do. All right.
1: But I did get rid of a lot of clothes out of my closet and sold them, and it felt Great! Like it felt like I felt it was a lot of clothing that like I really love, and and I, I felt a little bit sad about passing it on, but like it was time. I wasn't wearing it; it didn't fit right. Like it yeah. was time, and it felt really good to see it find new homes. Like I hope Aww. it brings pe- makes people feel good to wear it because it was a lot of stuff that I really love. But then like now I have some money to spend or to donate or to put towards something else. So that was a nice yeah. process of getting rid of stuff, getting organized, putting stuff away. You know, the piles continue to sprout up around my house because they are they are the weeds okay. of the home. Okay. But um it felt good. And this week, you know, I have been on this amazing streak of falling asleep at 10:30 p.m. Mm. or earlier. Mm. And it's made me feel amazing. Like I just feel better through the whole day. Even if I get like eight to nine hours of sleep, but I go to bed at midnight, I don't feel good. Like, it's really the earlier bedtime that helps. So I am going to continue my streak. 10.30 p.m. lights out, baby. I love it. Now, let's shift gears a little bit over into your zone here because you really, you did your intention
0: and you did it hard. Listen... It was a it was an intention that I felt very strongly about and so I felt like I needed to really go big or go home. And that intention was to post a picture of myself on Instagram. And as I think
1: you've mentioned on the podcast but I don't know if if listeners totally get how much of how much of a big deal this is for you. Mm-hmm. Like you really are not comfortable sharing photographs of yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean they have to be like I'm very, I'm very particular about the photos I share of myself. Let's put it that way. Like if you look at my Instagram, I have shared photos of myself. It's not like there are no photos of me. But they're photos that I'm like – that they've, they've been approved. <laughs> they've gone if through will. the approval process. They went through the approval process of me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I learned this when I went to post a photo of you and I, I think, onto our podcast Instagram early on. And you were like, hold up.
0: <laughs> like what's happening but but well, it's really I, mean, but I do think it's i do think it's 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 best practice to ask someone before you post a photo yes but it's also something that i think is really
1: significant for you that for other people it it might not have the same weight and that's why you doing this intention was so huge it's true yeah
0: that's true and how was it received it was received very well I um, posted my author photo. Which is gorgeous. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, and I and I wrote a little bit about, you know, how I don't like posting pictures of myself. And I, I quoted a little bit from my book and the the response was really lovely. So I appreciate everyone's response. But yeah, I nailed that intention. Yeah, you did. And you got it done like immediately too. I was like, <laughs> Uh, Saw it on
1: Instagram and I was like, one, a nice work. You did it. Not that we're, you know, graded here in the intention zone, but (laughs) you get an A+. (laughs) What's on your agenda this week?
0: So on my agenda this week is to do yoga three times. Ooh, Ooh. that's a lot. That's a lot of times in one week. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, But we're not talking like they don't always have to be, uh, you know, like hour-long classes. Yeah. But um yeah, my intention is to is to get on the mat three times. Okay,
1: Dory. So
0: all right, that's where we are. I'll see you on the mat. All right, see you on the mat. <laughs> I won't actually, but someday. <laughs> Listen, on that note, Forever Thirty Five is hosted and produced by me, Dory Shafre, and you, Kate Spencer, and produced and mm-hmm. edited by Sammy Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager, our network partner's ACAST. We will talk to you all again very soon. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.